Welcome to Your Personal Power Pod, a podcast about aligning yourself with the life you want. And here are your hosts, Sandy Abel and Shannon Young. Hi, Shannon. How are you today? Hey, Sandy. What's going on? I'm having fun. (laughs) This is such a kick (laughs) doing this with you. And it's such a great topic, something that applies to absolutely everybody under the sun. Absolutely. What we're talking about today is personal power. Since this is your personal power pod, it's time that we actually talk about what personal power is. What I think is interesting is that instead of just jumping right into this topic in episode one, we kind of laid the foundation for a few episodes. We talked about some of the different things that come into play that might affect your personal power. And now it's time to talk about the big dog. (laughs) Yes, that's since that's what this is all about. So when you have personal power, it means that you can run your life on your own terms. It means you're able to choose where you live, what you do for a living, who you surround yourself with, and what kinds of relationships you have with those people in your circle. If you don't have personal power, how does that show up in your life? Oh, it's a whole different thing. If you don't have personal power, you don't get to do any of those things we just mentioned. You don't get to run your life on your own terms. You don't get to choose where you live or what you do for a living, or most importantly, I think, is who you have in your life. So when you have personal power, you believe in yourself, you know you're a lovable, valuable, capable, competent person, and that you have rights. And when you don't, you don't get to live the life you want. So you're basically just being buoyed about by circumstances, fate, other people's desires. Exactly. And it's often people who don't love and value themselves and therefore have control over their lives allow others to define who they are and what they do. And sometimes that works but sometimes it doesn't, and you end up living a life that is really unhappy because it's not the life you want, it's the life somebody has told you you want, or the life that works for them. So it comes down to choice. It's being able to make your own choices, but it's also about being able to feel that you deserve to make your own choices. Mm -hmm. I think there was a point where, and I don't think it came down to self-esteem so much as just that if you don't know that you get to choose, not necessarily the things that happen to you, but the way you respond to them, then you're just kind of at the mercy of whatever happens to you. And so once you learn, hey, I... I can react however I want to react to this, but if I want to react and be happy, then maybe I choose a different emotion. Definitely. 
And it's important to be aware of how you choose to respond. We get it from how we were raised in the beginning when we're young. If you are in a family that lets you make choices, if you get to choose whether you have milk or orange juice or water and other choices that seem relatively small, but being able to choose lets you know that you have the right to choose and you have the right to make decisions that you want and that take care of you. And what you learn from that is that you are worthy and valuable and you have the right to make bigger decisions than what you want to drink with your lunch. I would think that it also comes down to other decisions you're given as a kid. I'm thinking of a a YouTube video I saw of a dad whose little girl was acting out in a Walmart and he took her out in the parking lot and basically said, okay, I know you're unhappy, but you get to choose here. Are you going to choose to put on a happy face? Because if you do, we'll go back in. But if you're not going to choose that and you're going to choose to be a pain and act out, then we're going to stay out here in the parking lot. And she got the choice. Yes. But dad needed to be able to follow through on what he was promising her, which was your actions dictate what happens here. So she got to choose. Absolutely. That is a huge lesson. And it's experiences like that where you learn You get to choose, you have the right, but you also have to understand that there are natural consequences that go with every choice. Aha. Yes. And a lot of people these days don't understand that with everything they choose, there is a reward or a consequence. The reward is you get something you want, or you get to feel happy, or you get to be where you want to be, whatever it is. And the consequence is also that, but often negative, like the little girl in the parking lot. She had a good choice to make. She could stay in the parking lot and have a tantrum, or she could go back into the store with her dad. Mm -hmm. And That's a great example of how that expands into adult life, where every day we're confronted with a wide variety of choices, everything from what we want for breakfast to where we're going to go and what we're going to do and who we're going to interact with. And we have to realize that every time we make a decision we also have a reward or consequence. And being able to make that decision is your personal power. So what if you weren't raised with that? What if your parents didn't give you options? They just chose for you. How do you fix that as an adult? As an adult, we all have power to make choices. We may or may not like the results. A lot of people choose to work at a job they may not like, but they want the reward of having the salary or the pay so that they can afford a place to live and food to eat. So if you weren't given the opportunity when you were young to make choices, you still have that opportunity as an adult. And you can always 
choose what you want to happen, being fully aware of the rewards and consequences that go along with it. Part of choosing what you allow into your life is choosing what you won't allow into your life. And that seems to be a sticking point for a lot of people. You know what you don't want, but how do you keep it out? First of all, to be able to exercise your personal power, you have to uh, love and believe in yourself and know that you have right. And once you do that, then you can choose if there are things you don't want to do or people you don't want in your life, it's okay to let them go. If there are people you want in your life who sometimes do things that don't work for you, you have the power to make that clear to them and set your boundaries. It's so important in relationship to set boundaries about behavior you will and will not accept and then make that clear to other people. And if they don't cooperate, then you have the choice of letting them go or choosing to accept whatever the behavior is. But you always have a choice if you choose to exercise your personal power. Establishing boundaries with people you haven't established boundaries with in the past can be jarring. (laughs) Because people get used to you being a certain way, and when you start saying no, then there's an upheaval in the relationship, whether you want that person to go away or just to change their behavior or take their behavior elsewhere. How do you cope with the reaction you might get from those in your life you establish new boundaries with? That's a great question, and it's so important to be able to establish boundaries. It's confusing for other people. If you act one way when you first get together and then you grow and learn and change and learn new ways of behavior and start acting differently, they're confused and they may not like the new you, although you're happy with it. And it's important for you to be really clear with yourself about what's negotiable and what's Mm non-negotiable. If somebody is important in your life and you're willing to flex your boundaries a little bit without having it hurt you, then you might choose to do that to keep them in your life. But there are a lot of relationships, a lot of divorces and friendships and work relationships that end because somebody grows and changes and the other people can't deal with who you've become. So you have to be willing to be aware of and accept whatever consequences come when you set boundaries. That's hard when it's people that you love and want to stay in your life and you've had this relationship since the day you were born to finally stand up and say, hey, this isn't working for me. Because you may understand that having the boundary doesn't mean you love that person any less or want them in your life any less, but they may not understand that. Exactly. And that's why there are family counselors and couples counselors (laughs) and all kinds of people out there to help folks communicate and share what's going on with them 
and hopefully help each other understand where the other person is coming from and that things may have changed. But you still want to be together. It just has to be different as you move forward. And sometimes that's effective and sometimes it's not. Mm, So complicated. (laughs) It is. Relationships are very tricky and life is very tricky. But it's much easier if you have a great relationship with yourself, if you know that you have rights and that you can take care of those as well as what other people want. This doesn't mean that you go around being arrogant and narcissistic and assuming that everything is always about you because that doesn't work either. It's about understanding that you are as valuable and as important as other people. And so it's important that some of your rights, the important ones, be respected. I found that as my ability to become or be more truthful with myself expands, then my ability to be more truthful with other people expands. And I don't mean in terms of lying. I just mean it's easier to express to somebody, hey, this behavior is detrimental or not working for me or whatever, when you're really clear about why it's not working for you or what your role is in it. Otherwise, it could be, it gets confusing when you know there's something wrong, but you're not really sure what it is or how to express it. And you're just kind of telling the other person, hey, knock it off, but it's not well-defined. And I think sometimes that yes. comes across as, or can even lapse into becoming manipulation. Yes. And you have to be aware that other people are going to try to manipulate you to meet their needs. And you are not trying to manipulate, but you are trying to get your needs met and help them understand what those are. It's fun when it works. <laughs> I remember in my communications courses in college, when they were telling us that in every conversation between two people, there are actually six people. There's who you think you are, who the other person thinks you are, who you think they are, who they think they are, and then who you both actually are. (laughs) And that's what communication feels like. Like, who am I talking to and who's actually talking? (laughs) Exactly. And then when you're talking to somebody, you're not only talking to, assuming it's a a good friend that you've known for a long time, who is now an adult like you are, you're not only talking to that adult, you're also talking to their inner child and their inner child is responding too. (laughs) So (laughs) there's all levels of communication And it's important to just be aware of those. I guess that's why it's a good thing that we we will actually tackle relationships at some point. (laughs) Actually, that's what we're going to talk about next time. So I'm looking forward to talking about relationships and reminding everybody that it's your right to exercise your personal power. That's awesome. Thanks, Sandy. Looking forward to it. Thanks, Shannon. See you next time. Bye-bye.